0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the word with Pastor Rusty Martin. In verse 24, it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them and said, Go number number Israel and Judah. For the king said unto Joab, the captain of the host, which was in which was with him, go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and number all the people that I might know the number of the people. Now notice this. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people, however how many soever they may be a hundredfold, and that the eyes of my Lord the King may see it. But why doth my Lord the King delight in this thing? Now Joab, Joab was his was his was his commander, was his right-hand man. Joab had some character flaws, but in this incident, Joab is really speaking some some truth. He's speaking some wisdom. He said, Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and the captains of the and the captains of the host, and Joab and the captains of the host went from the presence of the king to number of the people. Now what he did was he delegated that to Joab, and Joab reminded him Hey, remember a few chapters back, God said, Don't do that. God said, Don't put your faith in what you have. Put your faith in me. Amen. And so Joab's saying, don't do this. He's saying, look, David, God can multiply. Every soldier you have, God can make him like a soldier of 800. If you got one guy that can kill 800, then you got one soldier that's equivalent to 800 of your enemy. You can't number that. You can't number that. Well, David did it anyway, amen. Verse 10 says, and David's heart smote him. There's always conviction after sin, or there should be. If you're walking with the Lord, there always should be a conviction in your heart when you've been disobedient to God. It says, And David's heart smote him, after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in, that, in, in what I have done, and now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And when David was up in the morning the word of the Lord came unto him unto the prophet of Gad the seer David's seer saying go and say unto the da- go and say unto David thus saith the Lord I offer unto thee three things choose thee one of them that I may do it unto thee so Gad came unto David and told him and said unto him shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land wilt thou flee three months before thy enemies while they pursue thee Or that there be three days pestilence in the land. Now advise and see what answer I shall return unto him that sent me. Now, thank God we don't live under that covenant. But that was a covenant. That's why that choice had to be made. No, we live in a better covenant based on better promises. Our covenant is a covenant of peace, a covenant of mercy. We live in the acceptable year of the Lord. So there is no judge. This was a covenant of judgment that they lived under. When you broke the law, judgment came. But even in this is the mercy of God. You say, What do you mean? He rises up and says, God, and, and I mean, God rises up and says, David, I'm gonna give you a choice of your own punishment. That's mercy. That's mercy. Now, I don't want to be punished. David's like, I don't want to be punished, but he's going to have to choose one of them. Now, here's something you have to understand. God does not punish or afflict his children through sickness, disease, poverty, lack, destruction, or anything like that. Amen. You are chastised and corrected of the Lord by the word of God if. Everybody say if. Say it again. Say it again. If you can be corrected. Now a lot of people's problem is they just can't be corrected. A lot of people keep keep their sickness. They keep their disease. They keep their problem. Because when the seer comes, when the prophet comes, when the man of God comes and gets up and begins to preach things that have to do with character and adjustments and living righteous and living holy, and not living in sin, instead of making the adjustments, the ear tuned toward the problem hears, but the ear tuned toward the source of the problem just listens. Two grunts and an uh uh-oh. Let me say that again. The ear tuned to the problem. I need some relief. I need some help. Help me. I need some help. I need, I need, okay, praise God. Well, the Bible says by his stripes you're healed. The Bible says he delivered you from the power of darkness. Translate the Bible can start giving you all the scriptures. But then there's a source. There's a reason. There's an open door, there's a problem, there's a situation, there's a you can get healed of the most dastardly disease, but if you don't grow out of the character that has opened the door to that disease, you'll keep it you you'll bring it right back into your life. They say of many of the great healings that were received by people under the voice of healing ministries in the 1930s and 40s, excuse me, 1940s and 1950s and into the early 1960s, only 30% of the people that were miraculously healed by the power of God actually kept and retained their healing. We we one of the things I, I've used the illustration here several times. It just bears it just bears repeating because it's so true. We had two outstanding miracles in one church, three or four different years apart. Healing miracles of people that were crippled. One, a cerebral palsy case, which a, a, a little lady, oh, I, I imagine she was in her early twenties, uh, that had never uh, walked without the aid of an enormous amount of equipment, had a, had a huge brace, that come up around her neck and held her head up, uh, went down to the middle of her back, and then she had uh, 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 those uh, 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 things on her legs, you know, those, uh, what do they call those? Those braces on her legs. She had these crutches that went around her arms, and she just kind of crawled around on the ground is what she did. Just horrible, horrible looking. And man, the power of God touched her. And I remember I was on the other side of the church ministry and I could see people standing and looking and she's over there taking all that stuff off. She just stripped it all off and just took off walking normally across the church with her hand. Just worshiping. Well, I tell you, that's a major miracle. Amen. And then in the same church several years later There was a man that came that was mauled by cattle At, a, at, a, at, a, at an auction barn That fell in where there was a bunch of big steers And they, they mauled him And they broke all of his ribs loose from his spine And they put him in a, in, a, in a body cast And he healed all twisted and deformed And he went around his neighborhood For five years as the crippled man And God just straightened him up just perfectly And just healed his, totally healed his body well, the, the, the man that was healed, the man that was healed, I saw him last June. I was in a different church preaching. Guess what? He was at the meeting. He still, that's been what? Maybe even 20 years ago that he was healed. Now, the young lady, I think we were in that same town two years later or three years later after that she received that miraculous healing. And we were in a restaurant eating. And here she come dragging in. And I asked the pastor. Just, just, it was terrible to see that. I asked the pastor, I said, I said, what happened? And he said, well, she, she's the member of an affluent family here in the area. And, and he said, now, for about six months, she came to our church and was totally healed and had no problems whatsoever. But she said her family continued to tell her, you're not healed. That man tricked your mind. Now, let me ask you a question. If you have cerebral palsy and never walked it one day in your life without all, eight of all these, and I can trick your mind so that you can walk normally, wouldn't you want me to trick your mind? I didn't trick her mind. Jesus healed her body. But it just, that, it just wore on her and wore on her and wore on her. And she did what? She started backing away. Quit coming to church so much. Stayed away from the ladies meeting. Stayed away from the outreach. Stayed away, stayed away. And next thing you know, she had to put the braces back on and she lost everything that God had given her. What a tragedy. What a heartbreak. Not to me. Not, not, not to the past, but to her. To have lost such a great miracle and such a great healing. Well, you know, the Lord wants you to have, keep what you have. So that when you get the manifestation of your healing, you walk the path of righteousness. You believe God for that which you have. Because I believe in the future we're going to see more and more instantaneous healings right here in the altar as we minister to people. But if you do not follow the Lord and walk with the Lord and become presumptuous about your walk with God and just presume because now I've gotten what I was believing for and then back away from God, back away. Do not keep it undergirded with the Word and your walk of faith and living holy and righteous. You'll lose everything that God has given given you. It'll happen. Fi- it happens financially. It happens physically. There's David. God says, I'm going to give you three choices. He says, David said unto God, I'm in great strait. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are great. That's in first, verse 14. And let me not fall into the hands of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel from morning to evening to the appointed. Un- let me read that again. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. Because David made a mistake, it affected other people. Now we know they're under a covenant of judgment, we're under a covenant of mercy. But did you know I don't want anybody to die and go to hell because I make a mistake? I don't want any sick person to suffer because I've made a mistake. I don't want anybody to miss out on anything God might have for them because I make a mistake in my faith and become presumptuous and begin, begin to have faith in what I'm doing instead of faith in God. Amen. Now notice, here's here's the mercy of God coming into, into manifestation. It says, the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it. And the Lord repented him of the evil and said unto the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Aranahu the Jebusite. So obviously this plague was moving geographically around the city of Jerusalem and men and women began to die. It said 70,000 men. I don't know how many women and children were dead. They began to die and obviously it stayed. They could obviously see it there was obviously some type of physical manifestation and it stayed or it stopped at the threshing floor. Amen? And so it says this, And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people and said, Lo, I have sinned and have done wickedly, uh, but lo, these, uh, and I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray, thee, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came, that day to David, and said unto him, Go up, rear up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aaronu the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded, and Arahu looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him, and he went out and bowed himself before the king upon his face to the ground. And Aaronu said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arahanu said unto David, Let my Lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be the oxen for the burnt sacrifice, and the threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Arahanu, as, as a king, give unto the king. Now notice that, isn't that neat? All these things did Arahanu. As a king, give unto the king. And Aranu said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. Now, this guy's heart was right toward his king and toward his God. I mean, this guy's flowing. Amen. And so, he's wanting to do the right thing, but he's overextending himself into an area that would have robbed the ability of God to bring mercy into this situation. Now, now hold on. Let me, let me just, just for a second. Remember the story, Matthew chapter 8. I was reading it in Mark. Mark. Mark gives a little bit better detail of it. It talks about a leper. He came to Jesus. He said, I know if you can, you can heal me if you, want, if you desire to. Jesus said, I will have touched him, and he was made whole. Remember that? Matthew chapter 8. Then Jesus said this. This is interesting. Don't tell anybody. Remember that? He said, don't tell anybody because you need to go to the priest and do the things that are commanded of God, showing the priest that you've been healed of leprosy. But the Bible said the man published it abroad. Uh, one translation says, he went out and very loud and boisterously declared what the Lord had done. for him. Then the Bible says this, then Jesus could no more openly minister in that city and had to go out into a desert place. Now, you'd have thought of that had have been the right thing to do, to just go, well, oh, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me. But see, Jesus knows better than we know. That's why even in our healing, as our healing begins to manifest, as it begins to come from the Spirit into our physical bodies, we still, you don't need to just run out and write a book immediately. I mean, there are people that say, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to go out and publish, I need to, no, no, you need to understand, God heals you for a reason. And that reason is to expand, amen, the kingdom of God, that your testimony, the way it is presented and the way it is uh, uh, proclaimed and demonstrated will bring glory to the house of God. So you must understand, David knew, it's time for me to worship. I made a mistake. I've been forgiven. God's mercy has intervened actually outside. I mean, God could have destroyed the whole nation over this. He said, his, his mercy, his ma- I, it's time for me to worship God. So he goes, and, and all everything looks like it's wrong. Man, the guy's wanting to give me everything. But David knew. I can't, I can't give like that. That's no way to give. Then he says this. Verse 24, and we'll close with this. It says, and the king said unto Aaron, nay. Everybody say nay. Or that's the word no. No, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, my God, of that which doth cost me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. One translation says the plague was stayed and the people were healed. Now, this brings us all of this information that we just put out there, brings us to this. There is a protocol in the kingdom. There was a way of doing things in David's day. There is a way of doing things in our day. The protocol in the kingdom sets up the structure of government. You say, what do you mean structure of government? That in which the government of the kingdom is able to operate here on earth. Didn't Jesus say, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about heaven today. Heaven has structure. Heaven has protocol. Heaven has certain things that are unique to it as the city of God. It should be like that also down here on earth as the kingdom of God operates down here in this fallen realm. And the more you can discover about the way God does things, not just what He does, but also who He is, as you delve into the realities of His characters, His character, His kindness, His grace, His mercy, His desire. He desires you to be healed more than you desire to be healed. You say, why? Well, he paid a greater price. He wants you to believe, He wants you to obey, but He also wants that which He gives you to be something that is not just a blessing to you, but a blessing to as many people as can find out about what God has done for you. Because everything that God does for us, say you were witnessing to somebody. I've had this happen I don't know how many times. And I, began, I would begin witnessing to somebody and tell them my testimony. The Lord has done this for me. The Lord has delivered me from this. The Lord has set me free from this. I was once healed of this. Jesus is so good. Don't you love the Lord? Would you love? And I can see it. You don't have to hear it physically. You can see it and sense it in the spirit. God did that for you. But he wouldn't do it for me. So it's not just what God has done for you or is going to do. It's what he's done for us all. You say, what do you mean by that? When you begin to share that which God has done for you, that which God has done for us all must be connected because God is a God that has included everybody in the whosoever shall call scenario. You say, what do you mean? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So He has included every person, and we are His what? His hand extended, His voice proclaimed, But we are also his works in manifestation. And when you begin to realize that you are his works in manifestation, just like that leper was, just like those mighty men were, those were his works in manifestation. We do not want to do anything that violates his works. In manifestation Because by the works of God People are set free They're delivered they're when that, How many were in church this morning I don't know if y'all were, witnessed that beautiful salvation this morning Did y'all realize that lady was a Muslim lady that was a, that was a Muslim lady That could not speak any English That came in the back door And wanted somebody to tell her about Jesus And she came up and got saved this morning At Island Church that Listen that is the works of God That was not because of pastors preaching Or the music or That was the works of God Isn't that good Lift your hands up and worship the Lord Father we desire That which you do supernaturally And Lord where we've missed you If we've numbered the people If we've leaned on our own arm of strength or wisdom Lord we ask your forgiveness tonight And Father we ask that the adjustment Be made on the inside of us That our faith is in Christ alone. Christ alone, in the Word, in what you have said, Heavenly Father, that our faith rests in that. And tonight, Lord, as we go forth from this place, as we give in just a moment, we thank you that everything we put into your hand is secure, that we can trust you, that you are a faithful, trustworthy God. And we do not need to number the people to do the inventory. We just trust you day by day, step by step, hour by hour, month by month, week by week, year by year, our faith rests in you and you alone. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 409- We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.